Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Freedom Caucus podcast. I'm Jody Heiss, the communications chair for the House Freedom Caucus, and we are honored to have you joining us today. And we have a, a frankly, a, a sobering and disturbing topic that we're going to discuss today, and that is the issue of infanticide. Uh, now, let's just uh, kind of wrap our minds around this in terms of how we got to this particular place where we are. So let's recap. It all started uh, with a series of very anti-life bills in states like New York and Virginia. And just to kind of clear our, our cobwebs and our thinking, you'll remember in Virginia, there were two primary moments that galvanized reaction from the American public. The first had to do uh, with Kathy Tran, who is a Democrat delegate in Virginia. She introduced a bill that would allow for extremely late-term abortions, abortions nearly just right at the point of birth. The second issue was when Virginia's governor, Ralph Northam, argued that it would be okay to allow a baby to die if that baby survived an abortion and was born alive. I think that was the key issue that really stirred enormous response and reaction from the American people. That is infanticide, when you allow an infant to die after it's born alive. And when the governor made that comment, it's just enormous uh, outpouring of reaction from the American people. So that's what kind of brought the, the whole issue to light with a whole new sense of enthusiasm and interest. Then on the legislative side, we've had some action both in the House and the Senate. Let me bring you up to speed, first of all, with the Senate. Back in February, the Senate actually considered a bill that would make it federal law that health care providers would have to care for and try to save babies who were born alive after a failed abortion. And it is absolutely shameful to me that in that legislative attempt in the Senate, only three Democrats joined the Republicans in supporting a bill that actually would mandate the protection of babies' lives if they were born alive. Now, let me say that again, folks. Only three Senate Democrats voted against infanticide. That is just so difficult for me to wrap my mind around. The mere fact that we as legislators, as lawmakers, are even debating whether or not a newborn baby can be denied care, it, it just demonstrates just how far to the left, how radical the left has actually become. This is a, a chilling, chilling, disturbing disregard for life. And it, it really begs the question, how in the world did we ever get to this point as a society? And, and I would submit wholeheartedly, it has to do with uh, just where America is spiritually. When we lose a fear of God, then ultimately we're going to lose a fear of life and a host of other things. So, I, you know, this whole issue brings to light a, a spiritual problem that we have in this country. Obviously, we can't deal with that part of it legislatively, but uh, but that is a huge factor, no question about it. But that's what happened in the Senate. Now come over to the House of Representatives. We've been working uh, in a, a similar way in the House, uh, but Nancy Pelosi and company continue to block our efforts. For example, the Born Alive bill, uh, 20 
eight times we have been pre prevented, we have been stopped from moving forward on the born alive bill. And folks, that bill is exactly what it says. If a baby is born alive, is to be protected 28 times. Democrats have prevented a vote to provide for the care of these new newborn babies 28 times. They have stopped us in the House of Rep Representatives from saving who knows how many lives of these babies who survive a botched abortion. So here's what's happened in the House of Representatives. We have filed what's known as a discharge petition. Whip Steve Scalise has led the way with this. It's a bill that's been offered by Ann Wagner. And a discharge petition is just simply an attempt by members to try to force a vote on a particular issue. And what happens, you file a discharge and you've got to get at least 218 signatures on that discharge. And if that takes place, then uh, the, the bill is, it has to come to the floor for a vote. So that discharge has been signed on the Born Alive bill. Right now we're hovering around 200 signatures on that thing. So it's very, very encouraging where the bill stands. And the whole purpose, I mean, the conservatives, we're trying to use this discharge to put Democrats on record about where they stand on the issue of infanticide and letting babies die after they survive an abortion. So let me let you hear from a few of our Freedom Caucus colleagues about their decision to sign on to the discharge petition. Let's see, let's start here with my colleague Russ Fulcher from Idaho. He's from the 1st Congressional District of Idaho. Here's what he has to say. This is something that we shouldn't have to even debate in America, but unfortunately we do. There's the Republicans on board, but we need 21 Democrats to agree to support health care for born children. And here's what Congresswoman Debbie Lesko out of Arizona has to say about the discharge petition. You know, this is a common sense piece of legislation, and I have no idea why my Democratic colleagues don't support it. And finally, here is Virginia's 5th District Representative Denver Riggleman talking about why he is supporting this petition in light of his own governor's comments. In my home state of Virginia, something happened that inspired me to stand up. Governor Ralph Northam supported a bill that advocated for post-birth abortion. To see this happen in our culture and my state inspired me to take action. Shortly after, I spoke to Whip Scalise about his plan for the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, and I'm enthusiastically signing this discharge petition today. Folks, listen, it's, it's not often that legislation passing through Congress literally means life or death for someone, but in this case, it absolutely does. And at, at the moment, we're, like I said, we're hovering around 200 signatures on this thing. Only, <clears throat> only a handful of Democrats have signed on to it. But to be very honest with you, with Nancy Pelosi in charge, this is an extremely difficult thing for Democrats, no doubt. They are feeling the heat from Nancy Pelosi and company not to sign on to this discharge. But remember, it took us about eight years to pass the ban on partial birth abortion so this, this battle, likewise, could be long and drawn out. But for the babies who miraculously survive a failed abortion, it is well worth the effort. 
And I'd like now to introduce another Freedom Caucus colleague who's joining us for this important discussion, a great friend, a great representative from South Carolina, Ralph Norman. He represents the 5th District of South Carolina. And before coming to Congress, Ralph grew his family construction company into one of South Carolina's most respected and successful commercial real estate developers. He also served for uh, a decade in the House of Representatives in South Carolina. He currently sits on three committees, the House Budget Committee, the Science, Space, and Technology Committee, and the one that we serve together on, the Committee on Oversight and Reform. Most importantly, Ralph is a family man. He's been married to his wife, Elaine, for 43 years. Congratulations on that. Uh, they have four children and 16 grandchildren. Ralph, I can't tell you how, how great an honor it is to have you on the Freedom Caucus podcast. Well, Jody, you are, uh, you know, you're really a mentor for a lot of people, me included, and it's an honor to, to be here, and it's an honor to be in the Freedom Caucus. Well, I tell you, there's, uh, you, you know, you, you get in, I always like taking some time for people just to get to know some of the Freedom Caucus people on a personal note, and one thing that uh, many people don't know is we're both early risers. Uh, Ralph and I both are up at about 5 o'clock in the morning. We run each, into each other in the gym almost every morning at 5 o'clock, and the place is pretty well empty at that time. I had trouble getting in today. I got there at 440, no, 450, and it doesn't open until 5. Yeah, it doesn't, you can't get so, in with that. I had to wait. That's happened to me before. Well, listen, why don't we just go on a little bit more. Um, how in the world, Ralph, just tell our listeners, how did you get involved in politics? What were some of the driving forces? Well, I mean, I'm one who is in the, has been in the private sector for the majority of my life. After I graduated from college, went with our family company that uh, and my brother to mainly build houses and develop property. And it developed into a commercial firm where we did uh, bigger projects. But I'm a product of the free enterprise system. I'm just a product of um, what makes this country great. And I wanted to have, let other people have that opportunity. And politics has always interested me because you meet a lot of people, and you meet you hear the, the downside of politics, but you meet some great people. How would we have met the people in the Freedom Caucus, which are just business people? Right. And it's been such a pleasure to, to do that, and I wanted to, to have other people to take their God-given talents and to be able to live the American dream as I have. That's awesome. Well, I tell you, we couldn't be more thrilled that you're here uh, both as a, just an outstanding member of Congress, but uh, also the Freedom Caucus. And, you know, we're talking today about a, an extremely disturbing uh, discussion, a topic of infanticide. It just uh, blows my mind that we are even having to discuss this kind of thing. Uh, could you take a moment and just explain to our listeners what the Born Alive Bill does and why it's so important? Yes, very simple, Jody. Uh, it compels medical professionals, the OBGYNs and the doctors that provide medical care, uh, that when a child is born after a failed abortion, uh, as they would any other child at the same gestational age, that uh, they keep that child alive and uh, they do whatever's necessary to make sure that he's alive and he's, he's healthy. And uh, sometimes when you, you hear this, where a child is, uh, has severe complications, they call it a dreaded complication. 
where a child is, is uh, aborted intentionally and then survives it. This is, gives them security that the medical doctor is going to do everything within his power to save the child. And I'm like you, to even have this discussion is really astounds me. It, it really is. I mean, we're not talking abortion at this point. I mean, we are talking a baby that is born, that's alive, that's sitting on the table right here in front of us. And that baby is living, breathing right here in front of you. This is it's out of the womb. This is not an abortion topic. This is now an issue to me of just outright murder. If we're going to kill this baby that's sitting here on the table in front of us, that's infanticide. And let's call it what it is. We're murdering a child. We're more murdering a person. It's just... Um, and to, you know, to, to even have to, to bring this up, when I heard the governor of Virginia mention that if a child is uh, aborted and is alive, that the, the decision would be made after the doctor talks to the, to the parents. We're, and that somehow that's okay. Like, that's a discussion we can have. Yeah. And time is precious. What are you going to do? I mean, talk to any physician who delivers a child. Uh, time is precious, and you only have a few minutes to make that call. But if, if that's even a question, then um, something's wrong in America when we're dealing with this and, and having to even debate this. It really is, and it's so disturbing to me to see how partisan something like that. This should not be a partisan issue. This is an outright life issue. Uh, even individuals who are pro-choice understand that when the baby is born alive, this is a whole different issue. And uh, polls I've seen indicate something like 77% of people who are even pro-choice don't believe it's right to kill a baby after it's born. And, and yet we see, you and I see, and those of us here witness that this is still a partisan issue, which is astounding to me. And it's disturbing how few Democrats are standing against infanticide. There was not one Democrat in our line that I saw to sign the discharge petition, which brought the bill to the House to be voted on. We need 218 votes. I think we're over 160 now, over 160. Yes, yeah, actually closer to 200 okay. now. Uh, but it, yeah, it's just, um, it's amazing. You recently had an op-ed uh, discussing this bill and you bring out that this bill, the Born Alive bill, is all about the child. And it's not doing anything negatively to impact women's health. Uh, can you explain that a little bit further sure. to our listeners? It's not about, and I've heard this said a lot uh, over the last, since we've been discussing this, it's not about a woman's right to choose, it's about a child's right to live. And I saw a bumper sticker had a baby, and this, this is evident, I mean, this is illustrative now, when it says a baby, and it had, take my hand, not my life. Mm. And that's so true. Wow. But, you know, to, to bring the things that we as legislators can do is bring it to, to light and let people, uh, it tugs at your heart. It does. It, it's amazing. I imagine it's probably uh, similar for you as it is for me, but what are you hearing back in the district? on this issue? It's overwhelmingly, thank you for what you're doing. People are in shock that we're having to discuss this. And the ones that uh, will end up voting against it, uh, I, I wish they would listen to their constituents. Now, maybe not in New York, maybe not in Virginia, 
and, and other states, but if they listen to mothers who have children, I think they would get a different take on it and not be, this should not be a partisan issue. This is not Republican or Democrat. This is just uh, the, the life of a child. And how, what, how sacred is that? Yeah, absolutely. We're talking today with Ralph Norman from South Carolina, a great member of the Freedom Caucus. And, the, uh, you know, after, Ralph, the, you've brought up a couple of times Virginia, the governor there, uh, Governor Northam. After that interview and after he uh, made those comments that he made that were so disturbing, there were many polls that uh, went out across the country asking people, are you pro-life, are you not pro-life? Not even dealing with, with uh, the question of uh, common sense limits on abortion, but just are you pro-life or not? And there is no question whatsoever that America is swinging towards pro-life like never before. The, the younger generation is uh, America as a whole. And I believe the comments from Governor Northam and what happened in New York, as you talked about, all this is bringing an awareness to the American people. Um, so can, can you talk about how this legislation you believe is impacting the thought process of Americans, how this may be moving people to become more pro-life? They are, and i tell you what's, what I got a call last night from a constituent who saw the movie Unplanned, mm. and I haven't seen it yet. They, the Heritage Foundation had it, but every, everybody that's seen that has said how wonderful it is, how it shows the dreaded complications from an abortion, but then the life of those who have survived, how great it is. So I think that's bringing it to light. And I think just uh, people talking about it now, and they're, you know, they've got to have a voice. If you can't stand up for this and get vocal, I don't know what you can stand up for. I really don't. Well, I don't either. And I, and I would encourage people, too, to see Unplanned. I'm with you. I've had a couple of opportunities, but my schedule hadn't allowed me to see it yet. But uh, I would encourage uh, our listeners to, to catch that movie when, you're, when they're able to. Listen, our time is kind of slipping away here, and... I mentioned earlier that you and I have the opportunity to serve together on the Oversight Committee, uh, which, of course, is an extremely hot committee these days. Um, tell me uh, what your thoughts of being on that committee. What, what are uh, some of the things, specifically the, the uh, Mueller report that's come out and the letter that Barr sent out? Of course, the Democrats aren't letting that go. Uh, what are some of your thoughts on that? It's a partisan witch hunt. It's... Uh collusion delusion now that they're still trying to after two years after what was it 500 witnesses 2800 subpoenas uh, 28 million dollars spend of taxpayers dollars they found nothing and now for the democrats to, to say that there is then uh, it ought to come out of their pockets one for them to do any any further investigation and they'll yeah, give they it probably up. put a stop to this thing pretty quickly it stopped pretty quick yeah. and they just hate this president and it's sad they ought to be happy that the country's not drugged through another two years of 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 just pure hatred of of a man that got elected uh and he served for two years it's who the american people put in office and they ought to respect that, but they're just not doing it. But the good side, and I, I said this the other day in an interview, the American people are getting a front row seat of what's happening. That's the good side. That is good. And I think that's an extremely uh, well-placed point 
right now. Uh, one of the best things that can happen is for the American people to see uh, the true colors of the Democrat Party, and it's coming now on multiple fronts, uh, be it infanticide or be it the Mueller report or a host of other issues, uh, the border, uh, and a host of other things. Ralph, I, I just again want to say thank you so much for joining us. What an honor to have you here. Same here, Jody. Thank you for what you're doing. Well, thank you. And to each of you listening today, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we would be grateful if you would consider reviewing this podcast on iTunes. We encourage you to follow us on facebook.com slash Freedom Caucus and also through our Twitter handle at Freedom Caucus. Hope you can join us again next week. Until then, I'm Jody Heiss, your host. And you've been listening to the Freedom Caucus podcast. Have a great day.